The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guest and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Voice America welcomes you to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Now, here's the host and CEO of BR Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. Good morning, everybody, in the smoky Los Angeles climate from the fires. Um, I want to introduce our guest today, Laura Winthrow with Landigger, Barron, and Lavenant, and I'm going to give her a short introduction. The topic of our show today is how tough economic times affect employment law. And if you're interested to, in hearing the latest statistics about layoffs during these challenging times, um, the statistics are overwhelming. In May 2009, 312,880 workers were part of mass layoffs, the highest level on record. Well, welcome, Laura. Good morning, Cindy. That's a, that's a terrible way to start out. <laughs> well, you know what? News. In the media business, we have to hook our listeners. <laughs> I mean, you know, listen, and I know the numbers are probably not getting any better just yet, but the good news is is that everything is cyclical and that, you know, if you study past recessionary times, employment is probably one of the last, things to come back after we have some normalcy. So while I probably alarmed our listeners a lot, the news is pretty good. And I think that people shouldn't panic. It's part of the cycle. Um, We're going to see recoveries in other areas before we actually see improvement in our employment statistics because it's usually the last thing to come back, right? Right. I think you're absolutely right about that. And and really right now what my focus is, you know, what, what my firm is trying to do is really just try to protect our clients and make sure that employers out there aren't getting hit twice, you know, once with the downturn in the economy and then again by by lawsuits, frivolous claims from employees. Well, and, but this is, you know, I wonder how many... People out there know how much this is a liability. I mean, of course, you have your big corporations that have their general counsel office and their human resource departments, and obviously, you know, they are there to advise their CEOs and boards. But there are many companies, perhaps, that might not even know, you know, what the liabilities are or what to expect after the layoffs in terms of lawsuits, right? Right, that's true, and and hopefully they're all listening this morning, and and they'll learn exactly what those liabilities are and how to avoid them. No, and and you're a great person to give us insight, and we really appreciate you joining us for the hour. And I have a lot of questions for you, and there's you know there are some acronyms and some terminology that I'm going to ask you to break down and simplify so that the listener can understand. One of the first things that you and I had discussed before, Laura, is the fact that, 
you know, there's a protected class in a layoff population. What does a protected class mean? Well, a protected class is a group of people that the law provides additional protection to. And California has a very exhausted, exhaustive excuse me, list of individuals who are protected because of their membership in a particular class. And those classes include gender, age, disability, pregnancy, any, any reason that the law has said that you cannot incur, you cannot allow an employee to incur some adverse employment action because of their membership in a class. So what they're saying is that you can't terminate an employee simply because of their age or simply because they suffer from a disability or simply because they're a woman. Okay, well, now, that's, that's clearly defined. The, one of the things that a corporation or an employer can easily do, though, is sort of ignore the class and make the case that it was performance. Am I correct? That's correct. And then what happens is, in those situations, you have to look at the outcome of that decision-making. When, when an employer wants to do a layoff, they have to first figure out what the criteria is for the employees that are going to be included in that layoff. And, of course, you want to have the most neutral criteria that you can possibly have. For example, right. do it just on seniority or you do it just on performance. But whatever your neutral criteria is, you then have to look at the impact of that criteria and make sure that it doesn't have a disproportionate impact on members of any particular class. So how does an employer know if their layoff population contains too many members of a protected class? Well, the way to do that is to look at the population as a whole. So the employer must then look at their full workforce, not just those employees that are being included in the layoff, and if their layoff contains a high, their layoff population contains a higher percentage of employees in any particular class than their workforce as a whole contains, then they have problems. Well, there's a there's definitely some planning and charting out that has to be done before a company panics and starts laying off people because they're afraid of bottom line. There's a system here, and that's why they should contact somebody like you, Laura, from Landigger, Barron, and Lavenant so that they can do this wisely. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> yes, you're absolutely right. And, and actually, I think you make the most important point when it comes to layoffs, and that is planning. Because as we're going to talk about, there are so many different things that go into consideration of doing a layoff, and the worst calls are the ones where clients call and say, we've just realized that if we don't lay off a whole bunch of people, we're not going to make payroll, and we need to do it by tomorrow help. Yeah, well, you have to have a systematic approach to this. It's interesting to me that, you know, people who are running corporations don't know some of the facets of basic business, and they're so focused on selling the product or making the money or, you know, making a profit but sometimes they just don't think about repercussions. And, you know, particularly during these economic times when I'm sure we've both seen a lot of people in a panic, you have to have a systematic approach. You're not going to lose any more money in, in 48 hours than you will in 24. <laughs> right. No, that, that's so crucial. It, that, it's a very, very important point. You're right. Because it's really going to come back, and if they're very bottom line oriented, they have to think about what losses they can face 
you know, should they go about this in an impulsive manner? Right. And, and those losses can be catastrophic. And, and sometimes you have to spend a little money in, you know, by providing severance payments to those employees that you're laying off in a way to protect yourself from those future losses too. And, and we'll talk, <clears throat> excuse me, we'll talk about that a little bit more too because it seems counterintuitive to tell an employer that they're going to have to spend money to save money. But, you, you know, in this climate where people are so quick to file lawsuits, you really do have to do that. Well, let's talk about the severance package for a moment since it's related to what we're speaking about and it's related to the systematic approach to, you know, corporate cutbacks. Um, you know, I think that there's some misunderstandings of what a laid-off employee quote-unquote deserves, um, you know, what, you know, pr- legal protection there might be, how corporate policies are written, and what kind of contract, written contractual agreements are already in effect. So can you clarify for the listener what are some of the criteria for measuring an appropriate severance package during these times? Because if, if there's something in writing, doesn't the company have to adhere to that? They do. They absolutely do. And there's no legal requirement that you provide a severance at all. Right. So it's really up to the employer to decide that that's what they want to do. And one of the things that employers have to take into consideration is what their historical practice has been. And if in the past the employer has typically provided severance, then sometimes that actually creates a contractual, limita- contractual obligation for them to continue to do that. So you have to look at what you've done in the past. You also have to look at what your written policies are. And a lot of employers have policies in their employee handbooks that contain a formula. You know, for example, we will pay one week's worth of salary for every year of employment or something like that. So if you have those formulas in place already, the time of a mass layoff is not the time to ignore them. No, and I think that a lot of I, I think that we'll probably find a lot of denial. Like what? I had that policy? <laughs> oh, that was written five years ago. <laughs> Right. But if it's written and it's handed out and it's signed by an employee, it's really kind of a contractual agreement. It's absolutely a contractual agreement. Sure. So, um, and it doesn't matter that it says all over your employee handbook that this is not a contract. <laughs> you you still are bound by the policies that you put in place for your employees. And it's comforting, though, to know that, especially when you're laying off a large number of employees, that you can allow employees to release their ability to come after you for any type of claim in exchange for some severance. And there would never be a reason to give an employee a severance payment without getting something in return. Oh, and, and that's a very good that's a very good way to mitigate the situation. I, I have another question though. Can um, an employer, you know, work with an attorney to um, rewrite corporate policies um, as they might appear in a handbook when they are, um, you know, when they are concerned about bottom line. I mean, it, can they work with an attorney like you, Laura, and try to rewrite them and then hand it out? I know there will probably be some mass employee panic, but how do you approach it that way? Well, those things happen all the time, Cindy, and we're working with our clients to do those things constantly right now. 
And really the only requirement to making those types of changes is that you provide some notice to your employees of whatever the change is. And this could be a change to vacation accruals. Uh, this could be a change to your severance packages. This could be any type of policy change that you want to put into place. The law simply says that you have to give reasonable notice. And what would reasonable notice be in your legal opinion? Well, generally the rule of thumb that um, that I tell my clients is make sure that it's at least one pay period, if it, especially if it's something that's going to affect their income. Well, you know, I think that that, you know, again, that might be very hard for the employee to take because everybody's concerned about employment during these times. But from an employer's standpoint, I think that's rather fair. Well, and, you know, there are a lot of ways to approach it that can really make it a little bit easier for your employees. And I tell our clients, just be honest with your employees and explain to them that whatever the changes that you're making, that you're making it so that you can ensure that they have continued employment. And, you know, we're, layoffs is the focus of what we're talking about this morning, but layoffs really are a last resort. And there are a lot of other things that an employer can do to avoid layoffs, and sometimes that includes reducing salaries, reducing schedules, imposing furloughs, and those are never easy things to have to communicate to your employees, but when you do it in a way that lets the employee understand that it's really that or you're going to be out of a job, it's, it's, it's you know, if it's approached correctly, you really can avoid employees rebelling against this stuff. And that's what, and that's what you're there to help the employer do, help them that's, avoid rebellions, right? right? Well, listen, we have to take our first commercial break. I'm really glad to have... Laura Winthrow, Landigger, Barron, and Lavenant, and we're talking about tough economic times and an employment law. Stand by, and we'll hear more with Laura in a second. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At VR Public Relations, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. VR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of VR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.vrpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. VR Public Relations. We do it all. www.vrpublicrelations.com. Owen Odd Show. Are you ready for some football? Well, here it comes. The Owen Odd Show is bringing you the funniest hour in sports talk radio. This action-packed show is hosted by the outspoken fullback, Big Hodge, and the knowledgeable defensive back, Odie. This show will focus on the NFL, but touch on all things sports. Owen Hodge will provide you with a true player's perspective. That'll give you insight, make you think, and definitely make you laugh. Owen Hodge have accumulated six championships. 
championship rings. So obviously, they know things. Check out the Owen Hodge Show at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Network. The Owen Hodge Show. Is there truly a lesson in every situation? Can you learn from another person's experiences or are lessons learned when they only happen to you? Dave Felzer, number one national and number one international best-selling author, challenges listeners to stand tall, to be accountable no matter what the setbacks, and to recommit to enhancing their lives as well as assisting others around them. Listen to The Dave Felzer Show every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Radio Network. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. If you have a question or comment, call in at 1 866 472 5788. Now, back to the show. Here's Cindy Rakowitz. We're back and we're talking about um, employment layoffs in this economy, Laura Winthrow. Um, I want to take a moment to congratulate my partner, Diane Blackman, who has placed our baritone opera star, Dmitry Hersnostovsky in the Wall Street Journal today, and it's a wonderful story, so take a moment to read that. And back to, you know, back to the trenches, Laura. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I feel like that's where I am right now. Um, well, you know, it's, um, but you're, you play such an important role, and I just want to talk to listeners, people who download the show because of topic, employers who are concerned. I want to really um, share with everybody Laura Winthrow's Concern about making sure you take a systematic approach to laying off employees if you have to. As a matter of fact, what we were talking about in the last segment is that there are ways to manage your bottom line without necessarily panicking and doing mass layoffs. There are options, and Laura Winthrow from Landigger, Baron, and Lavenant, um, and her team can certainly help advise how to approach, um, you know, being resourceful in terms of bottom line without making a mass panic and cutting heads across the board without giving it any thought. And, Laura, I'm going to ask you to repeat some of the options because you just talked about it in the last segment a bit. Sure. We've, we've, you know, every situation is different and every employer's environment will provide for different options. But some of the things that we've been advising clients recently are, you know, reductions in salary, which nobody wants to have their paycheck cut, but if it's the difference between having it cut by a certain percentage as opposed to having it completely eliminated, then generally they'll take that choice. Also, furloughs, where a company may close down for a period of time or require employees to take so many unpaid days off in a year, sometimes can save the employer enough money that they don't have to eliminate jobs. Re- reducing the workday. Uh, we had a client, in fact, I just advised somebody this earlier this week, who ended up reducing their workday just from 40 hours a week to 35 hours a week, and that, was, that saved them enough money that they knew that they would be able to continue operating. And again, what they, what the employer might have to be concerned about is employees being upset 
because of a reduction in hours and, you know, employees typically will say, what? That's not fair. But when it's communicated um, in an appropriate manner and there's, um, you know, there's written information but also, you know, face-to-face meetings and showing some concern and communicating that we all want to get through this together you know, it's almost like from the employee standpoint, it's like, what option do I have? I mean, the employee can't, the employee can be upset because of their own situation, and of course, you know, they could, you know, start, you know, speaking negatively about the situation, but that doesn't really do the employee any good, because what the employer is really trying to do is save everybody's jobs through the economy. Right, that's true, and one of the you bring up a couple of really good points one is these face to face meetings and in fact i've drafted scripts for some of our clients to help them get through these meetings to make sure that they they address all the points that they need to address and can answer all of their employees concerns and training your management so that your management knows how to deal with these types of concerns from your employees is very, very important, too. Because you want the rank and file, who are the ones who are going to be primarily hit with some of these changes, to feel that they have somebody they can talk to and somebody who can answer their questions in an appropriate way. So really training those those uh, people that your employees are going to go to is so important too. Right. Well, you know, I'm hoping that companies still kept some kind of, you know, corporate communications program or internal communications program in place because it it really can mitigate a horrible situation. I've seen in the communications business so many times where things weren't handled right from, you know, a top-down communications plan situation. Um, and it ends up in the press because people get really, really scared and they panic and they don't care. <laughs> and all of a sudden you have a story in the Wall Street Journal about, you know, the, you know, a horrible corporation because the employees are running to the press and leaking stuff. Now it's not really win-win for anyone, but the employees feel that at least they're doing something to justify their you know, their bad feelings, and this really can be prevented if it's communicated correctly. Right, absolutely, and the other thing that employers really need to take into consideration is that this, in this economy, this is not the time to be cutting corners on the way that you're paying your employees. You really want to be vigilant about making sure you're complying with all of labor code requirements for example, uh, paying overtime over eight hours in a day, making sure employees are getting their meal periods after working no more than five hours, making sure they're getting those mandatory rest periods, because failure to comply with any of those things results in penalties. And when employees are seeing that their salaries are being cut or they're being laid off, they're going to look for a way to make sure that they can get some extra income coming in. And it's very easy to go to the labor commissioner and say, well, I wasn't paid my overtime or I didn't get my meal periods every day. And the labor commissioner is handing out penalties right now. So you don't want to get hit with those additional fines when you're already dealing with financial problems. So very, very important to make sure that your payroll has been taken care of appropriately and you're treating your employees right right now. 
I couldn't agree more, both from a legal standpoint and from a moral standpoint and from a public relations standpoint. You know, I bottom line standpoint, it's all interrelated. interrelated. Um, you know, it's uh, you know, it's tough, but you have to do it right. You just have to do it right. Um, I want to go back to talking about um, protected. I want to talk about protected class layoff population. We spoke about that a little bit at the beginning of the show. Um, let's talk about some of the classes. Can you lay off an employee while they are on a leave of absence, Laura? Well, that's a great question and something that people struggle with all the time because what happens if you set up your neutral criteria for how you're going to lay off employees and it turns out that one of the people that falls into that category is currently out on a disability leave. What do you do? Well, what the law says is that an employee on a leave of absence has to be treated the same as if they were still working. So if you have crossed all those T's and dotted all those I's and you can make sure that you show that had the employee continued to work, they would have been part of the layoff, then you can go ahead and include them. But you better have an airtight layoff criteria here that shows that in every way that you look at it, that employee would have been included because otherwise you've just handed that employee a disability claim. So very, very important to make sure that your criteria truly is neutral and that it's been looked at from every possible angle. You know, there there are so many different criteria that people want to use in layoffs, and some of them, although they are neutral on their face, can result in problems. Um, For example, production. Using production quotas can inadvertently affect employees who have recently taken leaves of absence because their production may not be so high because of time they've taken off. So you want to make sure that if you're doing production that you don't have people with lower production due to their membership in a protected class. Oh, no, it's all very important points. The one other thing that I wanted to bring up, though, is that labor law, employment policies and labor law differ very much from state to state. Um, You're practicing in the state of California where things seem to be more favorable for the employee and employers have to be a little bit more sensitive to that rather than the state of Arizona where it's not so much, right? Yeah, I I think that's... That's the understatement of the century because California labor law is exceptionally employee-friendly. And I speak to national employers fairly regularly, and what I'm always talking to them about is explaining how what they're doing in 49 other states is going to get them in trouble in California. If you're following California law, you're going to be okay everywhere else. Yeah, no, and I think that's a great precedent, Laura, and it's great advice to, even if you were to advise people out of the state, it's a great measuring stick because you have to measure where, you know, it's the most lenient. Right. (laughs) You know, in order to follow the bar, no pun intended, state to state. So um, it's very, it, it was very interesting for me as a New Yorker, Laura, you know, a New York person that had a lot of management responsibility to move to California where I had to really learn fast how policies 
were different. However, in a national corporation, international corporation, everybody sort of abided by the California state law. Right, and I think that's what a lot of national corporations are doing now is they just follow California law across the board because it's easier than making sure that they're complying with two different sets of rules and they're not going to be in violation of whatever their other state's rules are if they're following California. Well, I'm making a joke about Arizona, and I'm sure my engineer is probably, you know, laughing right now because Motivox Broadcasting Company is based in Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> it's, and, you know, when I did an interim chief marketing officer gig with Motivox, it, I had to, it was a wake-up call for me, too, to really learn how Arizona was sort of the reciprocal from California. Right. I just got a note from the engineer who just texted me and said, employees have no rights here. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, you know, it's Arizona. It's like probably the opposite end of the scale from California. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And a lot of our clients, in fact, do business in both those states. And you're right, they're very, very different. Um, One of the things, you know, one of the real obvious easy things to look at is overtime requirements. For most of the country, you have to pay an employee overtime when they work over 40 hours in a week. In California, you have to pay them overtime when they work over eight hours in a day. Oh, it's very, very different. Well, listen, we're at that time, I think, where we have to take another commercial break. Um, You know, I told you, Laura, that this goes very, very quickly. So let's stand by and let's talk more about employment law. And you're really giving us a lot of wisdom, and we really appreciate it. So stand by for more. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At VR Public Relations, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. VR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn Saleability into profitability with the help of VR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.vrpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. VR Public Relations. We do it all. www.vrpublicrelations.com. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. No whining. 
You heard me. No whining. Now that I have your attention, it's time to listen up and tune in to Wine Time with January Jones. The program is homemaker humor combined with common sense to help people of all ages and all stages of life face life with positive humor and hope. January will interview an eclectic group of guests, including authors, celebrities, teachers, motivational speakers, sports figures, and more. Wine Time with January Jones can be heard Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern on Voice America. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Get free advice from crisis communications guru Cindy Rakowitz now. Call 866-472-5788. Let's get back to Stars of PR. Here's the host and CEO of BR Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. We're back with attorney Laura Winthrow, and we're talking about these tough economic times and employment law. And for those of you who are tuning into the show or downloading the show at this juncture, I really encourage you to listen to it from the beginning. It really it can be um, a corporate lifesaver. You know, there are people who could take an approach to layoffs an approach to cutting bottom line that might, you know, save money today but really be a money loser for you tomorrow. And we don't want corporations to get into a deeper challenge than they already have to face. So contacting somebody like Alora Winthrow from Landigger, Barron, and Lavenant really protects you and will end up saving you money in the long term, so don't do anything impulsive. People are still panicking because we're facing, you know, the toughest recession since the Great Depression, and people are scared, and people sometimes act impulsively, and that's not the thing to do when you are discussing the possibility of layoffs. Um, so, Laura, let's go back to some of the things we were discussing before. It's interesting. We ended the last segment in discussing how states can vary in terms of their labor law, but because California is the most employee-friendly, it's wise to look at California state law as a barometer, always look at things from a worst-case scenario, and then build back from there, correct? Absolutely. And, um, you know, you, you can be a great expert for people to talk to because you are... A California attorney that's very, very familiar with California labor laws. That's what you do for a living. That's true. And the other thing is that our firm is actually of counsel of a large national employment firm headquartered in Atlanta. That's Costanji Brooks and Smith. And so we have access to employment attorneys all over the country and are talking with them on a daily basis. So if your practice stretches beyond just California, we can certainly help you with that, too. I have a question, and you may not be able to answer it, Laura. It just kind of popped into my head. You might be vaguely familiar with it because it's your trade, but are there countries internationally that have vast differences in the way that they approach labor or in pretty much any kind of democratic country do you have the same kind of systems in place? 
You know, our practice is national um, and not international, so I don't want to misspeak on anything international. But, um, you know, my understanding is that systems are drastically different in other countries. Um, You know, you look at Europe where there are all sorts of protections for employees that we don't have in place here, Uh, extended maternity leaves, um, different types of uh, time off requirements. So that... From country to country, I think there's huge, huge variances, much more than we even see here state to state. Oh, I'm sure. It's an interesting barometer for people to look at, though, because people think that they have, they take for granted that they have something coming to them, you know, in the good old United States of America. And I think if they really understood some of the labor practices in developing countries, maybe they would just really kiss the ground that they walk out their door on. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. So um, I'm going to go back again. The theme of the show, you know, one of the criteria that you have shared with us, which is an important criteria, is, you know, the protected classes and layoff populations and how you define how you're going to cut back hours. And that's probably most important because, you know, you got a set of criteria so nobody feels discriminated against, right? I mean, it's very, very important. So I want to go back to some of these layoff populations and ask you about them. We talked before about leave of absence, but then you have a class of employees that might not be legally authorized to work in the U.S. Now, I would have thought that a company should really have that in mind before they're hiring the employee that might not have legal working papers and stuff like that. So let's talk about that a little bit. Sure. Well, if an employee isn't authorized to work in the United States, then there's all sorts of penalties for hiring them to begin with. So so don't you think that people should really examine that in the first place? Right. So hopefully you don't have those people on your payroll anyway, Um, and, and that's not an issue. But one of the things that employers do like to look at, especially in sort of this patriotic time, too, is citizenship. And they'll say, well, even though they're legally authorized to work here, I'm going to lay off anyone who's not an American citizen. And this, unfortunately, is not the time to be patriotic because if an employee is legally entitled to work here, meaning they have a green card, they have a work visa, then the federal law protects them from being targeted just because they're not a citizen. So, so looking at citizenship is not a good idea. If you have employees who are not legally authorized to work, then they shouldn't be working anyway. So you, hopefully you've dealt with that at the beginning rather than you're dealing with that now in a layoff situation. And if you haven't, please call Laura so that she can yeah. give you some advice. Um, I want to talk about a very sensitive class, which is age discrimination. Let's talk about how employers can you know, sort of protect themselves from people who might be sensitive to the fact that they're being laid off because of their age. This is a popular topic, particularly during these times, so let's hear your input. Well, in fact, I got a phone call yesterday from a client who decided that they wanted to lay off their older workers because their older workers were really slowing down the production, so couldn't they just make that their their criteria? Oh, and God. the uh, state and federal laws put some really extra protection on older workers. 
Now, what most people are surprised to learn is what the definition of an older worker is. Mm-hmm. Anybody 40 or over. So at 40 years old, <laughs> I don't I, listen, think most it's people extreme, think but, you know, it's so where did this where did this 40-year-old criteria come from? It, tell me again. Well, the, that's the age discrimination statutes, both federal and state, define an older worker as anybody 40 or above. God, so, it really makes us 40-plus people feel like we're pathetic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the extra protections that are afforded to 40-year-olds is unbelievable. Um, but I think that these went into place in a time when employees weren't working as long as they're working now. And my guests were, you know, were helped to put into place by some legislators who were possibly a little over 40 and were trying to make sure they protected their constituents. Yeah, but, I think so. I, you know, I think for sure. So how does, uh, you know, how does an employer attack this because of the safeguards that are in place? Well, one of the things is you have to make sure, as I said earlier, <clears throat> pardon me, that your neutral criteria isn't having an adverse impact on a protected class. And one of the ways that this happens with older workers is when an employer says, well, we're going to lay off employees based on salary because those people who are costing us the most are obviously affecting our bottom line the most. So let's get rid of the top-heavy part of our salary. But what happens is that there's very often a correlation between older workers and salary. So you have to make sure that that doesn't have a disproportionate impact on employees over 40. Now, if you want to ask an employee to release any claims to make an age discrimination claim against you, there are some extra protections that go into place. Um, You can ask an employee to release any claims, including age discrimination, but there's heightened notice requirements in just for age discrimination. Um, For example, you have to provide what's called an age appendix to any employee in that class, which shows the population of your layoff. Let's say, for example, you're doing a layoff just in a particular department or just in a particular location. So all of the employees that were included in the potential layoff, what their titles were and and what all of their ages are. So hopefully you've done that already to determine that you don't have a disproportionate amount, but not only do you have to do it internally, but when it comes to age, you also have to provide it to the employee in exchange for release of an age claim. I wonder how many employers really do this. I mean, again, when you're talking about larger corporations, you have your human resource department that generally reports into the general counsel's office, um, and they work in tandem together to figure this out. But how many, how many contacts do you have, Laura, that really, you know, had no idea or no clue? Oh, I, I think a lot of them really didn't know. And, and that's the crucial, crucial step of not doing this alone and making sure that you bring in a competent advisor to walk you through the layoff procedure. Because, you know, the other issue is that under the Older Worker Protection Act, any time that you ask an employee to release their right to bring a claim for age discrimination, there are all sorts of extra hoops you have to jump through. For example, you have to give the employee up to 21 days to review the agreement 
And then once they sign it, they get a seven-day revocation period. So you don't even want to pay them out until the revocation period has expired. And that's because, Cindy, you know, you people over 40, you can't possibly be expected to make up your minds in any short period of time. No, no, you know, we're a little challenged. I mean, isn't that the problem in the first place? <laughs> Sorry, I'm joking. It's a serious topic. but <laughs> That'll be a different show. Yeah, that'll what be a different show. What happens in a mass layoff situation is that 21 days actually gets increased to 45 days. So for your older workers, you now have to give them 45 days to review their severance agreement. Oh, no. It's, um, there's a lot of planning involved, and that's why I really encourage all of the listeners today to keep Laura Winthrow's name in mind from Landigger, Barron, and Lavenant in, in Los Angeles, California, because it's really better to be safe and prepared and than sorry when you're dealing with layoffs and employment law. Well, listen, we're coming to the end of this segment. Why don't you give us your web address, Laura, so that people can sure. uh, look at your website. Sure. Our website is uh, Uh That's L-A-N-D-E-G-G-E-R-E-S-Q.com. Our offices are in both Encino and Camarillo. And the best way to reach me in particular is through the Encino office, which is area code 818-986-7561. Very good. Well, we're going to take our last commercial break. Stand by for the last segment, and we'll talk a little bit more about um, COBRA and insurance and, you know, health benefits and how they come into play after a layoff. So stand by for this important information. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At BR Public Relations, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. BR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of BR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.brpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. BR Public Relations. We do it all. www.brpublicrelations.com. We some hard hitters, we some hard hitters. Hard Hitting Radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard Hitting Radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. Are you ready to go green? You've asked, and we've heard you. 
Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Cindy Rakowitz has won more awards than she can hang on her wall, including three Clios. Call in now at 1-866-472-5788 and you can have one. Okay, maybe not. But she will answer your questions. Back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Well, we're in our last segment um, with a really, really great show. It's very, very informative about how tough economic times affect employment law or how employment law should be utilized during these tough economic times. And Laura Winthrow from Landigger Baron Lavenant is really giving us some important information, very relevant information that um, you really need to know. Um, You really need to have this information on hand before making any decisions about layoffs. And one of the things that we have not yet discussed, Laura, is um, what an employer's obligation is when they are doing layoffs in terms of health, insurance, benefits, um, and how that relates to COBRA and what COBRA is. So why don't you give us why don't you give us the give us the information on those issues? Sure. Um, one of the things that we used to recommend to our clients very often was that a good incentive to have an employee sign a severance agreement was to offer to extend their health insurance benefits for a period of time. Because as we all know, although COBRA is there to allow employees to continue their benefits on their own, COBRA is very, very expensive. And the reality is that most people can't afford their COBRA payments. So we used to recommend that employers do that for their employees as an extra incentive. However, the legislature has now decided to mandate that. So... At the beginning of this year, the American Recovery and Reinvestment Act went into place, which requires employers to pay 65% of the COBRA costs for eligible employees who are involuntarily terminated um, starting September 1st of last year. And that continues through the end of this year for right now, but there's every reason to think that that will get continued even beyond the end of December of this year. So for nine months, Following termination, an employer is now required to continue the employee's COBRA benefits at 65%, and then the employee pays the remainder. Okay, and you talk about an acronym. It's WARN. What does WARN stand for, W-A-R-N? Yeah, WARN requirements, WARN stands for the Worker Adjustment and Retraining Notification Act. And both the federal law and California law have their own WARN statutes. But what WARN statutes are designed to do is to provide advance notice not only to employees who are about to be part of a mass layoff, 
but also to the community in which they work. The WARN notice goes out to the employees and to the local public officials, letting them know that there's about to be a mass layoff. And a mass layoff is defined a little differently under federal law and state law, but generally it's any time you're laying off 50 or more employees in one location. Mm-hmm. And then there's heightened notice requirements. Well, let's talk about the procedure. I mean, we talked a lot about the academics and the policies here, but now let's get to interaction. How can an employee ensure that those employees that are laid off will agree to sign a release agreement? Because when you're hired, Laura, that's probably (laughs) one of the objectives that your client hopes to accomplish. Right, absolutely. And, you know, you touched on this earlier, Cindy, and a lot of that has to do with sitting down and having these really important meetings with your employees so that they understand the rationale behind the layoff, what the selection process was for the layoff, why they were included, and what the economic condition is of the company. I really think that this is one of those situations where you want to and you want to give your employees as much information as possible because when you don't, when you try to keep it all very close to the vest, employees will make up their own reasons. And the reasons that they make up are always going to be reasons that will result in liability for you. It's the same as any time you're terminating an employee for performance reasons. I always advise clients that tell them what the performance problems were rather than the sugar-coated, oh, it's just not working out. Because when you give an employee a vague answer, they're going to fill in reasons, and those reasons are going to end up in a claim. So when you're doing a mass layoff, you want to sit down and really talk your employees through the whole process, why you're doing it and why they were selected, so that there's no mystery and they feel comfortable about it. And those are the employees who are most likely to sign their severance agreements. I think that's a good point. We're coming to the end of the show, Laura, and I wanted to ask you um, how the change in political appointments might affect some of the law. We recently had confirmed Judge Sotomayor to the Supreme Court, and what might be different? Well, I think there is definitely going to be a major shift to the left here, and it'll be very interesting to see what happens. You know, the Bush administration took a very hands-off policy towards business, and there were a lot of Supreme Court decisions that came out during the Bush administration that really prevented individuals from suing corporations in different ways. That trend seems to be definitely shifting, and I think that businesses are going to see themselves much more exposed to certain types of lawsuits under this new uh, Supreme Court. You know, the other big change we've had is we now have a Secretary of Labor, Solis, who is very, very union-friendly, and we're already seeing a huge increase in union activity with a lot of our clients. So I think that's the other big change that we're going to see is much more, many more attempts at unionization. Well, it's even more of a reason why an employer of any size really has to think about the way that they're going to strategically approach corporate cutbacks. And, you know, I want to end this show by thanking Laura Winthrow. You have been so informative and passionate and knowledgeable and I, it's very, very clear that you really, really want to help people 
get through this in the right way, um, you know, and I can't, I can't emphasize enough how important it is to do, you know, do this smartly and with intelligence and planning and communication. So why don't you one more time just give us your web address, Laura, before we end the show? Sure, and thank you, Cindy. Thank you so much for the opportunity to talk about this. Uh, the firm is Landiger, Baron, Lavenat, and Ingber. We're in Encino and Camarillo, and the web address is www.landeggeresq.com. Well, I want everybody to have a very, very safe holiday weekend. Be careful while you're going out there. Do not drink and drive. And, Laura, again, I want to thank you so much. Really, thanks for coming on, and we hope to have you on again soon. Thank you for listening to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Please come back next Thursday and every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern for more insider information on the world of public relations with Cindy Rakowitz on Stars of PR. See you next week. I am an American Idol. I got synthetic Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.